We'll be opening up the phone line in the second half of the broadcast, and we'll have the opportunity to listen to you, to listen to your horror stories. Evil is a disease that has plagued man from the foundations of the earth. It doesn't care what religion you believe in or whether you believe at all. Tonight, you will see the true face of evil, vile and wretched. Tonight, we will give you proof that evil exists. And evil is not brought about with incantations or magic words. It is not something hiding in your closet. It is not simply waiting, lurking around the corner to lurch out at you and your family, devastating your lives forever, although that does happen. Evil hides in plain sight. Some of you eat evil. Some sleep evil. Some of you are wearing evil but don't even have a clue. Evil is powered by fear. Fear keeps you from organizing or seeking the truth. Fear keeps you from action. Tonight, we're going to take our stand to fight the forces of evil. We're going to beat back the darkness with the light of truth. I remember when I met the demon. God, that's a scary word, demon. I don't know why, but it is. That's when it all started for me. Myth or fiction, fear or whatever you want to call it, it became real to me that night. My mother and I used to live across from the high school. That was the year we had a Japanese exchange student living with us. His name was Hiro Ishii. On Thanksgiving, we went to Grandma's house in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Hiro and I were sharing the drafty old cold attic room. I fell asleep easy, but he woke up twice saying that he heard noises. I told him about how old houses creak, and before I went to sleep, I told him in not so many words that he needed to do the same. I woke up to Hiro screaming, and his eyes were bloodshot. I asked him what was wrong. He said he heard animal scratching noises, snarling and growling. He said the growl sounded human. I didn't hear anything, but Hiro whined to mom until he got moved to the warm living room couch, and... In the morning, everyone's laughing about his ghost, except for me. I didn't think it was funny. But at the time, I didn't care. We went back home. One month went by, and for Christmas, Mom got Hiro a Ouija board so he can talk to his ghost, she laughed. Hiro pushed the gag gift to the back of his closet. He forgot about it, while losing himself in his new Bon Jovi CDs and fishing books. I got Sansa Belt pants and a shirt. I hate Sansa Belt. That spring, Mom took Hiro to one of his golf tournaments. I got out of it because I said I had to work. That night, my best friend Miles came over, and we cruised the cool evening streets in his red Thunderbird. We picked up JC on the way back to my house. Then, for one reason or another, I don't remember why, just bored, I guess, I got the still factory sealed Ouija board from the back of Hiro's closet. Now we knew better, but our knowing better seemed to fuel us. We wanted to do it right, so we unfolded the game board on the living room coffee table. Miles and JC sat down Indian style around the table, setting the flimsy indicator on start. I turned out the lights and lit all my mom's candles. A mild orange glow danced across the living room. We each placed two trembling fingers on the cheap plastic triangle. JC and I were on the sides, Miles on the back. 
We started with easy, harmless questions like, are you there? And do you know the future? Yes, the entity spelled. Who will get married first? I began to feel profoundly interested and increasingly enthralled as our conversation continued. I looked over at JC. His black baseball cap pulled low around his large, pale, dolphin-like forehead. His eyes shone like deep brown oil as he stared, completely engrossed in the board. Before he realized it, three hours had passed. Miles looked at the both of us and began to laugh and said, This is bullcrap. One of you's pushing it. And he walked out onto the front porch to smoke. I felt the cool, crisp air smack my forehead as he shut the door. Fury started to well up inside me. I looked up and could see anger flash in JC's eyes. How will I die? JC asked. The indicator began to spell out its answer, and I marveled at how it moved more freely now. Soon there would be no need to touch it at all. It spelled, You are dead now. As we read its message, I could feel my throat squeeze shut. Miles opened the door in a plume of smoke, set in the easy chair. Is, is it okay if we take a smoke break? I asked. Will you still be here? No. Just kidding, it spelled. Jason and I laughed. What a funny joke. This spirit, he's a pretty good guy. Miles stayed in the living room and continued on about how we were faking and dull. Then he fell silent. JC and I lit up cigarettes while walking into the kitchen to grab sodas and snacks. What should we ask next? JC asked. I don't know. I wish we'd stop right there. I could smell the cheesy bread baking in the microwave. Buzz, grind, ding. Walking back to the living room with my treasures, I hear the sound of JC's ping echoing in my ears. We had a small house back then. Miles sits quietly in the semi-darkness on my mom's brown recliner with a look of deep contemplation on his face. I remember, mom used to have me program the VCR to record what she called her programs while she was at work. She would sit there, chain-smoking and drinking diet soda while watching them every night right in that chair. My walking into the living room broke Miles' trance. He looked at what I was holding. We have pop? I'm going to get one. He tore off half of my cheesy bread and he left for the kitchen. I sat down at the Ouija board just when JC was coming back from the bathroom. JC sat down and he had a drink and he had a dark, solemn look on his face. We both reached out, pulling our fingers on the white triangle in unison. Is there a God? He asked. Miles walked in just as it spelled, Yes. And how about that Jesus? Miles blurted. I felt seething, loathing thoughts rush through my mind. I was furious and scared and wanted to kill Miles. I saw myself taking a knife from JC's pocket, leaping into Miles' chest like a cat and placing the cold, hard blade against his nards. All this flashed across my mind in a second. Just thoughts, just thoughts, but I could tell they were not mine. I was in a good mood. I was happy being with my friends. I was falling deeper under the board's control. The board quickly spelled out, I hate him. I hate him. Why do you hate him? I asked it. It spelled, 
He is a baby killer. He is a baby killer. He will kill many babies. I hate him. Make him go or I will stop. JC and I were both mad because Miles was screwing around and was about to ruin our fun. Hey, knock it off. I shot Miles and I'm about to clean your clock look. JC and I gave the demonic device words of encouragement. He doesn't mean it. He doesn't know what he's saying. What is your name? Miles yelled. The demon began to spell out his name slowly on the board. Miles' entire demeanor changed as he paced back and forth in the middle of the living room floor. I didn't want to do this, he yelled. You guys are making me do this. He continued to pace. I don't have a choice, he yelled. White hot fury and inhuman violence flooded my brain. I looked up and saw loathing on JC's face. How dare you ask my name and not listen to it? I was right. The demon no longer needed our fingers. It did not even need the board. It had our minds. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Miles slammed the palm of his hand to the ground. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Again, his hand slammed down like a referee delivering the count. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Miles yelled. Are you still there? JC asked the demon. The triangle slowly slid towards no. I could feel the present sleeve. The feeling of ancient intelligence, fury, and rage had left. I noticed the sun was coming up. It was Sunday morning. We had been up talking to this thing all night. A day Miles and I went with his dad to church. We dared not talk about the reason for our newfound devoutness. Miles told me that he really thought either JC or I was pushing the indicator until he noticed we had been talking to it for six hours and begging it for a smoke break. Weeks later, JC came over and we talked about what happened that night. He verified he had the same thoughts of anger at Miles, not letting him tell his name, and he was also thinking about taking his pocket knife and carving his name into Miles's jewels. I don't remember talking to JC much after that. He didn't disappear or anything like that. We just stopped hanging out. A few years later, he joined the army, lost his mind and was court-martialed for leading his patrol team in a ghoulish game where they caid Iraqis to score points.